podcast featuring your favorite folks from across the quiltiverse. I'm Amanda of Broadcloth Studio, and I'm joined by Wendy, the weekend quilter. Hey. And our special guest, Colleen of the MQG. Hello. Now, before we jump into all our quilty fun today, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Colleen? Um, I am the brand manager for the Modern Quilt Guild. I live in San Diego. Um, I started quilting about 14 years ago when my first child was born which was right about the time the MQG was starting. So I've been fortunate to be here to learn from them and involved with them and a member of five local MQG chapters as I moved around my family. So started a couple, joined a few later. Do you have like a bingo board of all the MQG guilds that you have to join at one point in your life? (laughs) I mean, since there's five, I've definitely got a bingo. Yeah. Oh, true. Well, no. Not quite a blackout yet. Not quite a blackout. (laughs) Yeah. So you're the brand manager for the Modern Quilt Guild. Could you tell us more about what that role entails? Um, That role entails a little bit of a lot of things. So... (laughs) I started out as the exhibits coordinator, uh, just working on the quilt show for QuiltCon and gathering entries, organizing that, doing the layout, the traveling exhibit, um, and then just that. So not not very much. Um, So we started (laughs) doing that. And then because I went to school for graphic design, I started jumping in and doing other things. So I do the graphic layouts for all of the MQG journal patterns. I did some website design before we hired our new amazing website person, Darcy. And uh, I do the QuiltCon catalog layout, things like that. So So jack of all, not jack of all trades, but you wear many hats. (laughs) Many, many hats. (laughs) Many. So um, can you kind of walk us through the process? You mentioned that you, um, you started out working on like the exhibition and pulling all the quilts together. Can you kind of walk us through that process? Cause I feel like we might take for, uh, we might take it for granted when we walk in like, Oh, there are all these quilts and they just magically appear. They do. <laughs> Which is they do. just like magic. I pull out my crystals and they wave them in the air. And <laughs> no, we have um, a very long process. Actually, we start almost immediately following the quilt show before And we get this software system set up where we make sure that it's all ready to go. Um, We run the entries through our software and then we have our jury process. So part of my job also is finding members of the jury who look at the 2000 quilts that are entered and have to pick just enough that we have room for in the exhibition (laughs) hall, which, you know, people always say, um, Oh, my quilt, your quilt is lovely. Why didn't it get in? Well, because we don't have room for 2000 quilts. <laughs> we wish we did. Um, so I do not envy our jury members. They have a really tough job of picking those that just make for an overall cohesive, but different show, like enough variety in there, enough styles, and then just where they can tell that the craftsmanship is impeccable. Um, And we cut a lot of great quilts, not because they're not great quilts, but because we just don't have room. So the jury process happens. And then immediately following following that, we start 
laying out the quilt show, figuring out which categories go where based on how many quilts got in in each category, what looks good next to each other. We don't just throw quilts on the wall. <laughs> we have to. So part of my job is to look at those and see as you go through the aisles, what makes sense to come next and yeah. what um, fits. But then also knowing that that could change because then in January, we do our judging of the quilts. And then I have to pull quilts out that go to the front of the category <laughs> because they won an award and then just reshuffle a few things. Um, and then we start again. <laughs> so. And so when you're, when you're setting up QuiltCon, when you're, you're dealing with these massive, um, you know, conference spaces, are they generally mm -hmm. laid out the same or are you also dealing with quirks of each different city? Um, I can tell you support beams and poles are the bane of my existence. You <laughs> have what you think is beautiful. And according to the square footage and their map they provide, you're like, this will be perfect. And then you start walking and right where that best in show is supposed to be is a massive post. Oh, <laughs> you gosh. have to move things because maybe their measurement was a little bit off or we submit what we want it to look out, mm -hmm. look like. And the fire marshal comes back and says, yeah, we don't want it to look like this. Where the exits are and if something happens, can everybody not like run over miles of quilts to get out? And <laughs> does it make sense the way it's laid out? And are the aisles wide enough? And have you allowed enough space for every, every space to have the ADA requirements met? Um, so there's a lot that goes into that, that I, I've been aware of, but until I started doing that, <laughs> I had no idea how, <laughs> how much it actually takes. And poor Amanda, who does our sponsors and vendor booths, <laughs> she has to lay those out perfectly and then make sure that it makes sense where people are and um, that they have the space they need. And then if the size of booth that they want doesn't go into the aisle over here and the demo stage has enough room. So oh, <laughs> logistically it's fun and you've got to love spreadsheets. Oh. <laughs> so, oh, tell me more. I was going to say, you're talking to Amanda's like love language right now. It's true. I do love myself some Excel. <laughs> Amanda, do you want to see my pivot charts? <laughs> oh my God. I do love a good pivot table. Can I concatenate any information for you? Oh, please. Mm. <laughs> I'm just going to sit back and just like watch yeah. this <laughs> and just be like, oh, this looks amazing, guys. <laughs> oh, Excel. Uh, um, yeah, so, I'm just so surprised at like how all these different rules and regulations and all these like support beams and whatnot get in the way of actually with how the show is actually laid out and displayed. That's mm -hmm. I'm just mind blowing. Like now when I'm going to go to the next quilt con, I'm going to think about that. <laughs> I'm sorry to make you all notice the beams. They're, they're no. quite lovely and necessary. But <laughs> Next time you probably just have to wrap the, you know, the ones that didn't make it in the show, like around those beams. <laughs> so, um, cause at the, at the end of each QuiltCon, you guys announced the next location for the following year. Uh, two years. Two, yeah. yeah. Two years out. So we announced <laughs> yeah. two years out. How so, early do you, sorry. Oh, no, go you go. Yeah, no, I you was go. just going to ask, but how, how, 
How far in advance are you booking cities? Elizabeth, our events director, is working on contracts at least three or four years out in advance. Um, What we have to do is put out bids. We ask for requests for cities to bid. Mm -hmm. And then she evaluates based on convention center size. Because we are not ginormous, but we're not tiny. So we have this very niche size of convention center that we fit in. Uh, We have to look at the amenities of the cities. We have Mm -hmm. to look at hotels and walking distance and what is around the convention center. And can our attendees get there easily? Because we have attendees from around the world. And how convenient is that airport for connections and things like that? Um, So Elizabeth puts it out there about four years in advance and let the bids come in. And then she evaluates for what the most attractive offer is. <laughs> yeah. I don't really see there's much things happening around the Javits center in New York city. <laughs> right. New, York, New York's a great city for, for a lot of things. Yeah. But it's, um, I mean, we can, I can host a quilter. <laughs> We've got two Can beds. You imagine bed. the hotel rooms. Oh my god! Oh, it would be so expensive. They're so like, expensive. Yeah. It's bananas. It's yeah. no. It's, yeah, that's not yeah. our city. So no. no. <laughs> Do you guys ever come up uh, to the northern states or like northeast or northwest, or is it because of snow in February and? Um, we have not yet. A lot of it has been because of snow and February, but that's <laughs> factoring a little bit less into the. Um, evaluations right now so nothing is rolled out (laughs) except maybe new york city (laughs) yeah yeah. it's okay we get it (laughs) yeah we're no hard feelings quiltcon 22 is coming up in february could you tell us what we could expect in this year's event uh great things so (laughs) great judges i know oh the winning quilts are gonna be amazing So this year in our quilt show, we actually have the most number of quilts ever on display. We have accepted the largest number based on the space we have um, into our quilt show. I'm very excited about the fact that we have nearly 500 quilts were accepted into the show, into our juried portion of the show. Um, It's going to make a great week judging there, Wendy. And (laughs) that's the coffee. (laughs) Ivy of coffee. It, it will be flowing, flowing yeah. well. Uh, right, I think, right. but I have to probably stand like six feet away from it because, like, I don't just want a to sippy spill. cup, a sippy yeah, cup. Right. Right. Sippy I, cup I don't know if I can trust myself. I might need even to have a bib, like, just in case. Oh, in case anybody out there is worried, we do have rules that beverages and food must be consumed on the other side of the room and not near the quilts. Yeah. <laughs> so we get an angry message. <laughs> Would, I, would judges have to wear gloves? Like, what no. The, um... no, we wash our hands frequently. <laughs> Super so Because I, like, I was thinking about the volunteers, you know, how they have like the gloves at the show. So I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, will I get a glove too? That's you 100% can have a glove why I want, you want to it. You absolutely can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, anyways, anyway, I'm out, sorry. No, no worries. No. Out of those 500 quilts, the most exciting part for me is that nearly 30% of those are from makers who have never had a quilt in QuiltCon before. That's so cool. um, I, I haven't quite run all of the numbers from years past, but there's this perception sometimes that it's the same people, you know, but 30% from new quilters is so exciting for me. I can't wait to see these in person and see 
and meet these new makers new to me. Um, other people may know them. I might be oblivious. But <laughs> do you think the increase in the number of new quilters in this year's exhibit is related to the new quilters joining in from the lockdown or like um, the pandemic where they've taken up quilting as a new hobby? Or It might be, you know, there is, we asked some more information um, just to get these kind of numbers that we haven't necessarily asked before. We asked about people's experience and how long they've been quilting and um, how many years they've been quilting, how, what level of quilter they consider themselves. You know, we are nobody to judge if you're an advanced beginner or whatever. You know, somebody could be advanced in five months and somebody could think they're a beginner after 10 years. Um, but of those new quilters that have never had a quilt in QuiltCon, it's pretty evenly split between people that consider themselves beginners and people who consider themselves advanced. So whether it's they've just found their style and hit their groove and the jury members were recognizing that and saying this needs to be in QuiltCon or they're just brand new to the scene, um, whatever it is, it's just exciting to have all the new quilters. <laughs> do you guys from year to year, do you keep the categories fairly the same or do you add new ones or switch ones out? Uh, right now, our categories have been the same for several years. Uh, we do have um, a committee forming that will start working just after QuiltCon um, to reevaluate some of our guidelines and our policies that have been in place for a mm -hmm. good number of years and see what we need to change. If there's any changes we need to make, if there are any categories we feel need to be adjusted or that we're missing so that we're not getting necessarily the best most modern quilts of this moment so as part of the modern quilt guild we want to stay modern and evolve as quilting evolves and not be set in our ways and become just one thing so that's happening this year that's exciting have you noticed any sort of particular trends coming through the entries this year improv was huge people i think needed improv is always a little large but people needed to just have no rules <laughs> right now I think that was really <laughs> evident where people are like nope I don't care what you say I don't care if my points match I am intentionally making points not match I want nothing to do with your rules because I just need to be free <laughs> so fair enough <laughs> <laughs> you know over your years of you know working on putting QuiltCon together what is one thing that continues to surprise you how fast it goes <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you know, we, as, as crew members, we were there for 10 days and we set up for two days and that is sometimes the longest two days of your life. And then you <laughs> blink and we're taking the show down. <laughs> and that happens in four hours. So we spend days oh, wow. to put it up and we take it down in four hours and to watch um, that happen is just amazing. <laughs> That's a lot of work. Like, how do you even keep sane during those, like, 10 days, especially, like, during the setup as well? Coffee. <laughs> Lots of coffee. Lots of jokes on our walkie-talkies. So <laughs> you can tell the quality of our jokes get lower and lower, but are funnier and funnier as the week goes on. So many audio memes get shared. The so convention if, center staff doesn't know what to do with us. <laughs> so if we see a lost or a uh, tired looking uh, QuiltCon member um, 
staff member, we should buy them a cup of coffee. Is that what I'm <laughs> just offer? Do you need a cup of I coffee? Mean, <laughs> I'm not saying you should, <laughs> but if you did. <laughs> What's your favorite thing about ColdCon? Yeah. Um, it's definitely seeing the friends. You know, I am very much a homebody. I <laughs> could live safely cocooned in my home and not leave and not care. And then I see these friends that I haven't seen for a year. And it's like, no time has passed. It's like, we are picking up the next day from where we left off. And I, I forget how much that actually recharges my little introvert self. <laughs> and then I take a year to recover. And I <laughs> how large is the volunteer team typically? We generally have around two to 300 volunteers. Um, wow. And sometimes it doesn't feel like enough. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many moving parts to QuiltCon and, you know, we cover what we can and then hopefully we've got everything covered. Um, so if you're looking to volunteer for us, you can always go to quiltcon.com slash volunteer. <laughs> Find a shift and sign up. You do great things like assisting in workshops or white gloving, which is my personal favorite. You get those white gloves. Jazz hands. Jazz hands. <laughs> and then you get to touch the quilts. <laughs> You wander around, you make sure people don't have food and drink in the quilt show. You get to look at all these quilts. You get to hold them up so people can see the backsides. Not every quilt show lets you see the backsides of quilts, but we do. We have some amazing backsides that are almost as good as the fronts sometimes <laughs> or better. <laughs> and when it comes to volunteering at QuiltCon, what does like MQJ need like most help with? Uh, really, it's just hours and hands on the ground. So if you are taking some lectures, um, but then don't know what to do with your afternoon, stop by the volunteer office and sign up to help. Or we have shifts that are like two hours to four hours. Just, you know, it's really hands on the ground. Well, feet on the ground, up? hands on the <laughs> Hands and gloves on the ground. So we do not expect you to be able to walk on your hands to volunteer. <laughs> Is it, are there volunteer opportunities last minute? Like if you come and find out that you have a couple hours or is this something that you have to sign up for in advance? Oh, absolutely. We, we welcome. If you decide you see the volunteers who always laugh and have fun together, um, stop by the volunteer office and just say, I'm, I've got some hours. What can you need? Or what do you need? <laughs> <laughs> so in addition to everything that's going on with QuiltCon, uh, your profile on the MQG website mentions that you're also actively searching for venues to display um, the QuiltCon quilts globally. How, like, what are you looking for in a venue when you're researching? Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that process? Absolutely. We have a few different exhibits that, that we do. Um, we have the QuiltCon, Best of QuiltCon traveling exhibit, and that goes to quilt festivals, other shows. It goes to some places like the Sisters Outdoor Quilt Show, the Vermont Quilt Festival. We have gone internationally. We have exhibited in France and South Africa and Australia and England. And two years ago, we were supposed to go to Australia and England and France, and it all got shut down and we have gone nowhere. <laughs> but... We're, we're looking forward to, to doing that again. Um, 
But in addition to that, we are really working hard as an organization to feature our members' works outside of QuiltCon. So we have done some curated exhibits. Most recently, the National Quilt Museum had a retrospective of work from MQG members over the last 10 years. Um, so it was really great to look at all of the submissions, all of our members' work, and say, oh, yeah, I remember that. That was like eight years ago, and it's still so beautiful, and it holds up, you know. And so to put that exhibit together with the museum was really fun. And what's been your favorite, most favorite venue thus far? Probably the National Quilt Museum, because that's almost the only venue since I've started the job. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it's such a prestigious venue. You know, it, that museum does great work at featuring so, met, so much variety in quilts. And there is not just modern quilts or art quilts or traditional quilts. The vast array of quilters and their styles that that museum features and really works to make sure everyone is represented is wonderful. So you mentioned earlier that... Um... After this year's QuiltCon, there's a new committee forming to review what's um, the categories in the show and the criteria for entering, et cetera. Um, are there any other initiatives that you're really excited that um, QuiltCon and the Modern Quilt Guild are going to be tackling next? Oh, absolutely. One of the biggest things I'm most excited about is our exhibits, especially our special exhibits at QuiltCon. So this coming year, for example, we have a exhibition of Navajo quilt makers. Um, I was fortunate enough to meet Susan Hudson, who was on that Crafts in America quilts episode mm -hmm. on PBS. Um, I met her at the opening of that exhibit at their gallery in LA. And we started talking and I just knew I had to work with her again. She is amazing. And so we've put together an exhibit. Um, it was perfect for Phoenix, where we will be near where their reservation is and we're featuring the work of quilt makers on that reservation and we're working with the um, Navajo Quilt Project which was founded by Kari from French General and they gather funds and materials and donate those to quilters on the reservations. So we are partnering with them at QuiltCon and we will be collecting donations of material and supplies as well as monetary donations. You can round up in our shop and all of that will go to this organization. Um, but we're really delving into the history of these quilters and the quilts and making sure that we focus on things that are really culturally significant or of historical value um, and amplifying these voices that maybe our modern quilt guild members aren't aware of. You know, sometimes it's easy to get focused in on your niche and your one style that you like, but there's so much to draw inspiration and learn from. And we're working really hard to feature that. So you're a quilter as well. And mm -hmm. um, are you able to tell us more about your quilting journey and when you start and how did you learn? Sure. Um, I learned from blogs, you know, I, I grew up knowing how to sew. My mom taught me how to sew and my aunts got me a sewing machine for my wedding present. And I sewed a button on once and then I didn't touch it for years. <laughs> um, but I thought, great that that's there in case I need it. And when my first child was born, I wanted to make them a quilt. So I, put my big girl pants on and I braved going into a store I was so unfamiliar with. <laughs> but I walked into a quilt shop 
and I found a pattern I thought was cute and I picked out all my fabrics and I went to get them cut and the lady was like, oh, orange with these pink and brown and blue. So, I mean, maybe it wasn't what somebody else would pick, but I then went home so sad and I cried, thanks post-pregnancy hormones. And I <laughs> put all of that away and I didn't touch it for a year. Um, but then when I was pregnant with my second child, I got it out and I thought I need to finish this quilt so I can make my other child a quilt. And I turned to the internet, like all people my age do. And <laughs> I found Elizabeth Hartman's blog where she had this learn how to quilt series. And I did, I made that quilt. I free motion quilted it on my little domestic sewing wow. machine wow. with brown thread, which was my only regret on that quilt, brown, <laughs> dark brown thread. I was like, I need this to stand out. Um, and, and then I did not understand the instructions for binding it. And I looked at tutorials and this and that. And so it sat quilted, just unfinished back in my little room I shared a little desk in my husband's office and we just kind of <laughs> all worked together there and um I put it away so I went to another quilt shop to find fabric for uh, my second baby's quilt and it was a night and day difference this fabric shop everyone was helpful and wonderful and kind and encouraging and they were trying to teach me how to do binding and one woman like cut fabric and was like showing me how to fold that over and what a mitered corner was and it was wonderful and I bought this pattern which was with the fabric strips in various widths cut and sewn together it was the easiest pattern you can ever find but thank goodness someone wrote that so I knew what I was going to do <laughs> um, I was I was checking out and I heard the ladies at this quilt shop talking about this woman Brenda and her daughter Kaylee and Kaylee's gonna get them some more bright modern fabric and I was like oh is that these people and it was my best friend from sorority like no joke we, we what all the time we had our we got married at the same time we had our first kids at the same time and we were both like closet quilters like she wasn't <laughs> telling people she was a quilter I wasn't telling people I was a quilter and so I was like Kaylee will teach me how to do binding and she did <laughs> and now we are best friends forever <laughs> so um, it worked out great and I haven't stopped since <laughs> what serendipity right I texted her I was like are you secretly a quilter <laughs> is this you <laughs> yeah. she goes into a telephone booth Clark Kent style comes out as super quilter <laughs> Absolutely. And, and with a quilt cape on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and so when you when you uh, joined the Modern Quilt Guild, uh, mm -hmm. how many quilts had you made to that point? Um, at that point, I probably made three or four quilts. Um, and I joined the Salt Lake Modern Quilt Guild when it was brand new. And the Modern Quilt Guild was brand new. And I... Um, went to quilt market and I met all these people that I was in Flickr swaps with. Oh, the Flickr swap days and all of my healthy <laughs> friends. Um, and we met in person and um, there was a period where I made a lot of quilts. I, I used to blog. Don't go looking for it because something happened and it's now a coffee shop and I don't know where my blog went. Um, <laughs> so 
Is it good coffee? I I don't know. I've never been there, but I still get their closing checklists to my emails. (laughs) I don't know how that happened. Thanks, Rogers. (laughs) How old, Wynn? I know, right? I I made a lot of quilts in that time. And then now I've slowed down. I've slowed down a lot. I make quilts when it brings me joy. And I enjoy the process more than the finished object. I am definitely a process quilter. I feel like the spreadsheets and being a process person (laughs) often go hand in hand. Right. From personal experience. (laughs) So it is time to move on to our rapid fire quilty questions. Are you ready, Colleen? Rapid. Mm -hmm. Okay. Keep it, keep it snappy. Uh, Wendy, why don't you kick us off? Okay. So what is your favorite time of day to quilt? Morning. I'm worthless after 8 p.m. (laughs) And where do you sew? In my home studio. And do you wear shoes while sewing? And if so, do you wear socks? And I only wear socks when it's freezing cold, like below 60 degrees. Oh, Oh, please. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Okay, so Cal. (laughs) Music, Netflix, podcasts, or the sounds of silence while quilting? Netflix or podcasts. And what's your current favorite? Maintenance phase. And do uh, do you allow snacks in the sewing room? Jelly beans. No chocolate. What, jelly belly or Starbucks? Jelly belly or black jelly beans. Oh. All time favorite. What jelly belly flavor? All of them. All of them. Yeah. Wrapped <laughs> <laughs> coconut or popcorn. Oh, gross. Yeah, they're a bit weird. Sorry yeah. to people that like that. I could eat jelly bellies like by the handful. I could. I do eat jelly bellies by the handful. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite traditional quilt block? The double wedding ring. Um, and how many quilt cons have you attended? Every single one. At eight, almost nine. <laughs> and of the quilt cons you've attended, which one was your favorite? Mm, the second, Austin 2015. And what is your favorite quilt con quilt show category? Use of negative space. And where would you normally be hanging out at quilt con? Um, currently, it's the quilt show or just running all over. <laughs> <laughs> Are you attending any workshops or lectures in QuiltCon this year? Um, I try to pop into lectures and listen to part of them. And what color fabric do you use the most? Gray. Uh, Solids or prints? Both. (laughs) Who's your favorite fabric designer? Currently, it's Sarah Watts. And what's the last fabric you bought? Um, I joined the Color Collective with Tara Fonden and Sotopia. What is your favorite quilt shop? Um, I got to shout out my local quilter's cottage shop local. <laughs> and how do you organize your fabrics? Color, designer, size, print, color, unless I've pulled it out for a special project. And what do you do with your scraps? Um, I use them. I sew tiny things. I love a good quarter inch strip of fabric. <laughs> uh, what sewing notion couldn't you live without? Uh, my quick clip for, bi- for basting. It's the little tool that helps you connect your safety pins my arthritic thumb thanks me it's good using yeah it. I think they went out of business they went out now. of business so find it while you can I ordered a backup that's still in the package <laughs> in case mine ever breaks and do you have a pressing preference um I press to the dark side unless it means otherwise uh machine or hand bind machine spray pin or thread. actually you kind of answered it you pin, pin based yeah yep. <laughs> Uh, pre-wash always, sometimes never. Rarely. What's your favorite part of the quilting process? Uh, cutting. I like to cut my fabric. 
And what is your least favorite part? Basting. <laughs> and what's one bad quilting habit you wish you could give up? Um, other than not finishing quilts, I think sometimes I should use pins. Um, who is your quilty BFF? Uh, my real BFF. <laughs> Shout out to Patchwork and Posies. <laughs> <laughs> And who's your quilty crush? Um, I think I have a crush on Yvonne Fuchs from Quilting Jet Girl. She is so meticulous and creative and yeah. And what is your favorite recent make? Well, recently in the past year, I've made one thing, which was a pouch for a friend's daughter for Christmas. Cute. <laughs> really nice. <laughs> Fair enough. And how many quilts are in the work in progress pile? Well, I have a spreadsheet for that. So one needs binding, three need quilting, and about seven are in some sort of post-cutting haze. So. <laughs> and outside of Excel, do you have any hobbies or interests? Um, yeah, I am a rug hooker. I do watercolor. I'm a knitter. I'm a potter. I do a little bit of everything, which is why I can't finish a quilt. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, before we wrap today up, we've got just a couple more questions for you. And first up are, who are three accounts you think everyone should be following and why? Um, okay. It was really hard to narrow this down. So uh, Tanil Fati on Instagram, she has like, her style is amazing. She is honest and fun and shares her adventures in natural dyeing. Um, I also love public library quilts. She's mm. a UK quilter who... Her slow, meaningful quilting is, it speaks to me because I did not used to be like that, but that's what I'm becoming. Um, and then third, Forest and Found, who is a team that he does woodworking and she does quilting and they do natural dyeing. And it's really fun to see those mix of mediums come together. That's really cool. Very cool. So before we sign off, do you have any fun projects in the horizon that you're able to share with our listeners? I, I don't plan in the future. As far as making, I just make. Like, <laughs> so whatever suits me that moment. I like that. Uh, so we need to wrap today up and we hope that you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to contact any of us, we can most easily be found on our Instagram accounts. I'm at Broadclaw Studio. Wendy. I am the dot weekend quarter. Anna, who couldn't join us today, but she's at Wax and Wayne Studio. And Colleen. Um, you can follow the MQG at the MQG or my personal account is cj.molin where I share all my random stuff, sometimes quilts. <laughs> <laughs> um, or you can also go to our podcast account at quilt.buzz or our website quiltbuzzpodcast.com for our previous episodes and updates on upcoming guests. If you enjoyed today's show, we hope that you subscribe to the podcast and tell your quilty friends about us too. And if you have a moment to share what you love by writing a review on your podcast provider of choice, we'd be thrilled. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. 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 Bye.